Hello, and welcome to Pedantic Hand Wavium, the podcast that tries to explain fictional worlds using science. I'm Simon. And I'm Jeff. <laughs> Oi, Governor! Guess what we're doing this time? Is it, like, not even, like, Cockney accents? I, They're so bad Cockney accents? Honestly, I, I can't do an English accent. Uh, we may have noticed. <laughs> the entirety of the internet may have noticed. Yeah, no, can't do it. I was going to continue to going, but, like, I honestly can't. I can't do it. Ah, I'm real, real disappointed and thrilled at the same time. So, for anyone who doesn't know what Doctor Who is, uh, it's a it's a British sci-fi television show that's been mm-hmm. going for 50 years, uh, on and off. So, they say that they've been going for 50 years. They really haven't. They took a really long hiatus. Uh, and so, there's like an... I mean, it's just semantics at that point. Definitely 50 years. Right? There's like a huge... It's, it's had a, a modern revitalization. Mm-hmm. It doesn't try and be good science fiction, is what I would say. A large portion of the time, it kind of... Oh, yeah, it's just, like, pants on head, fun time. Yeah. Like, let's just have fun with what what crazy stuff we can come up with. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole basis of the show is that he's an alien who likes to... Uh, we'll say... He being the doctor, he I being, assume. Or it, actually, they... Yes, that's more accurate, because, I suppose. Yeah, they is probably the most appropriate pronoun for the doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like to voluntarily kidnap people from Earth <laughs> and bring them on adventures, yes. which, mm-hmm. even though these adventures span all of time and space, they seem right. to spend a lot of time in modern-day England. It's funny how that works out, eh? <laughs> it, it really is. Like... Really, it really England between the period of like nineteen twenty to two thousand ten. So there's that. <laughs> but he's a he's a time traveler, and he can also kind of do a teleportation kind of thing in an old police box that's a time machine. Right. That is also bigger on the inside than the outside. Yeah, I feel like I could have described this better. Uh, I mean, you got it in broad strokes, <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, look it up. Google's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing we ought to address, mm-hmm. how how does he jump through time and space? With the TARDIS, clearly. It's right there in the show. It's right there in the show. So, there is a little bit of a difficulty with this because when I was researching this episode, turns out everybody and their mother has written a book on the science of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. We have a lot of source material to work with then. I've read and listened to none of it. Uh, except for one. Alright, I take it back. We have no source material to work with then. <laughs> one guy did like a show that was on Netflix for a little while called The Science of Doctor Who. And it was just like a seminar where he just goes through The Science of Doctor Who. Okay. He proposed that... Doctor Who kept a black hole in the TARDIS. And the crazy thing about black holes is that they turn causality cones, which Mm -hmm. are these little cones of what's possible for something to happen. 
That's a weird way to say it. Are you saying it's an improbability drive from Hitchhiker's Guide? No, actually. The improbability drive works in a different way. Improbability drive works by taking all probabilities and making them equal. Okay. This works in a, a, although I ironically similar way, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it takes, so so everything that you can cause, everything that's, that's that you can be causally related to, in the world mm-hmm. has to be within a distance that would allow time or sorry uh light to move from you to it so as time goes on your your causality grows outwards so you can't currently you can't affect the moon immediately if you were to affect the moon in some way it would have to it would take you however many light seconds it takes from you to the moon make sense okay yeah, because that's just literally as fast as anything can go. Yeah. So so the idea being is that when you muck around with space, which is what black holes do, you take this cone and you actually shift it 90 degrees or close to. So things that are farther away become easier for you to interact with because space is getting stretched out. Okay. That's kind of how he explains it. I don't like that explanation. <laughs> it's a real esoteric explanation. <laughs> Let's dumb it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like saying... It's just, I don't really like it. I really... I think it's difficult for someone who hasn't taken relativistic physics to understand. Right. So how does he affect time and space in a far simpler way? So here's my idea. Uh, do we want to have Doctor Who actually go to these places? Uh, I mean, I think it makes the most sense that the Doctor actually goes to those places. Because I believe there was at least one episode where they had to try to not paradox on themselves. Yes. Okay. Okay. So he actually is going to these places. Mm-hmm. What is a way that you could travel through time and space easily. Well, well, there's walking, for one. That's mostly (laughs) in one direction, though. There's existing. You travel through space there. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, I do do have a thing. Okay, go on. Maybe the TARDIS doesn't travel through time like, uh like a time machine normally would but instead of what it does is it now that doesn't work i was gonna say like yeah i feel like you would have to also explain how a time machine normally travels (laughs) through time aside from forward i mean i mean like we think of it as moving through time like we move through space but what if it's stuck moving through Mm, time mm -hmm. at the same rate as human beings are but it just lasts forever like it's an infinite amount of time that it lasts so it has the uh, its causality cone encompasses Mm -hmm. all of the world and all you're actually doing when you're in the tardis is so like like think of the tardis as being like a like a pocket world so you in Mm -hmm. the tardis are only moving you know maybe the the tardis maybe 10 meters wide or something like that I just right. I'm sure it's well, larger yeah, than that I... in fiction or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, are we talking about like the the police box end of it or the entirety of it? 
Uh, I'm talking about just the police box end of it. Okay. So the I- internal dimensions actually don't. 10 meters is huge for a... Yeah, 10 meters is huge <laughs> if you're talking just the police box. It's it's maybe a meter. A meter cubed and maybe like two meters, three meters, two and a half meters high or something like that. Uh, okay. I, I now have to convert to... I don't know why I'm doing this in metric. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's It's like three feet by three feet by like seven feet. Mm-hmm. And it has it's it has existed for such an amount of time that its causality cone encompasses all of space. So what you're actually doing is not moving through time and space. You're just mm-hmm. moving to a different version of the TARDIS that it has existed in that world at that time. Well, you're inside of it. Makes sense? So then the I'm... assumption would be that it could, like, exist at all places at all times, though. Yes. However, unless someone has already used that section of time and space to go someplace, so you wouldn't be able to go back to the same time and place as before because you would have already existed there. Well, yeah, that is at least one episode, though, that they have done that gone back to the same time and place? Yes. I mean, they might not have... I don't think they landed the TARDIS at the same place. Uh, but, like, there were multiple instances of uh, the Doctor and their companion. And I'm pretty sure it causes paradoxes and, like, crazy stuff to happen. Yes. Are you talking about the run uh, where, where uh, Karen Gillan dies? I have no idea. It was like a bunch of dinosaur monsters attacking a church because churches are less time-sensitive or something. Yeah, do not remember that episode. That must be... Is it in the old series? No, actually. uh, It's in one of the new ones. I have no clue if that's possible. But we'll say that in maybe specific circumstances, uh, Mm -hmm. it can happen, but it's very dangerous. Oh, wait, I do know one where that happens. I don't know how to explain that. I like my version, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think... Yeah, I don't know. Would wormholes be able to affect, like, forward and backward through time in theory as well? You know, I thought about that. Um, I don't see why not. Because if you think about it, it would just be like the same like anything that you can do to space you can do to time mm-hmm. which is yeah oh yeah so oh I, yeah. okay yeah i kind of like this idea and the like tardis noise that it makes when it's like charging up is it generating a wormhole or something you want to go wormhole yeah we can do a wormhole yeah we can go wormhole Sure. So it's it's like it's uh, just creating a shortcut, a spatial mm-hmm. shortcut. That's kind of like what I was thinking. Yeah. Is is yeah. yeah. Okay. So so wormhole is bending space and time so that it can jump between those two things. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's how like they explain it in the show too. I'm not actually too sure. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea what they might have tried for canon explanations. 
if if it is a wormhole, how come they can't go some places? Can they not go some places? Uh, yes, actually. Or do they not go some places? They cannot go some places. They get it's like a deflection. It's weird. There's a really specific episode where they have to go to like it's you know the wibbly wobbly timey wimey quote. Right. Yes, with the uh, weeping angels. Yeah. The f- like first of the new series. I don't know if they were an old monster or not. They are. It's not the first of the new series, though. Uh, well, the first time that they were in the new series. Uh, it wasn't actually that either. But anyway, it's no? like... No, it's it's when they're stuck in like a place that like is a constant feeding for them. They are there. They're in a hotel in Manhattan. And they appear, they appear a few times before that, but they're never like major... Uh, Oh, villains. they weren't like the antagonists of the episodes. Yeah, yeah. Or they oh, were. They are the antagonists of some episodes, but they're not like those episodes don't pertain to the entire arc. This is like a mm. very major episode where major things happen, and they need to be like stuff has to happen inside of them. Mm-hmm. That's the one where they're like, "Why can't we go to New York in 1935 or whatever 1947?" And the guy's like, "Well, we can't." Or the doctor's like, "We can't." So one of the characters is like, why can't we just go to, like, New Jersey and then take a train in? And he's like, well, just because you can't. So why, what would a wormhole have? Are, are we saying the wormholes, maybe they don't go away? They stay there? So you can't have, like, a wormhole into a wormhole easily? Or it might be that that is the site of some major Time Lord actions before or after. So, like, there's already some weird time sink yeah. or something. So it's like it's like putting a black hole next to a black hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where like, they just kind of smash into each other and annihilate each other. So if you do that with two TARDISes, you'll just get two TARDISes that are the same TARDIS smashing into each other. Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, because going back to the one episode that I was thinking of, like, they had the TARDIS, like, you know, 10, 20 meters away from the other TARDIS when they went back to the same place. So I'm thinking if it's, like, a major, uh, like, they had gone there too many times or there were too many, uh, I don't think they're all called TARDISes, what the oh, whole Time Lords travel in. They're all TARDISes. TARDIS, That's like TARDIS stands the class and not the like the class of the ship and not the name of the ship. It's the class of the ship, not the name of the ship, yeah. Okay. So yeah, it could just be a lot of them had gone to the same place at relatively speaking the same time. Okay, okay. So it's like putting several black holes next to each other. Right, yeah, like it can support one or two, maybe, but like that's like a delicate maneuver. You don't want to. The, the more black holes you put next to each other, the more likely they're going to just annihilate each other and just mess uh, things yes. up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So we have time travel figured out. It's wormholes. Easy, got it. Easy, got What's it. Next? It's just wormholes. <laughs> um, what is uh? So the doctor has the ability to regenerate. Right. And every time he regenerates, 
he can or he may or may not have a different body or face which has got to be really well i thought you're gonna do it okay uh (laughs) what is and regeneration energy is like considered like one of the most powerful energies in the world or in the Mm -hmm. universe because obviously when we're talking about a universe the world is not a fairly large scale thing uh Mm -hmm. What is regeneration and how does it work? That's a good question. How is it, like, defined in the show? Like, what happens in the show? Is it just the doctor, like, becomes a glowy golden light and then turns in, like, metamorphosizes into something else? Or does he, do they pupate? Uh, He just kind of metamorphosizes. So it's a very, it's a blinding light. It takes him a little while. He remains as his old self for a little while. Mm-hmm. But he eventually will transform into a different... So I guess pupate is a pretty good word. It's actually how I would describe <laughs> it. It takes a little while and it seems like it's like his internal organs change first and then his face mm-hmm. is one of the last things to change. Um, Do we think maybe it's not so much that they are... I was thinking something along the lines of, like, if there's, like, a way that, like, their biology... Because it's a Time Lord ability. It's a biologic Time Lord ability. They have this Mm -hmm. inherent. It's not part of the TARDIS. Right, yeah. And do they always look uh, hominid? They do. just, like, people, or... They always look hominid. Will they sometimes look like other other species, or... Time, Time Lords look human. Actually, humans look Time Lord, because Time Lords came first. Okay, yeah, that's actually a fair point. Yeah. I'll give you that one. <laughs> they, they actually make that point in the show several times. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of like a biologic reason why you would have a different face. And what if Time mm-hmm. Lords are not uh, products of evolution? So they don't, and they don't have like babies like humans do. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, that they were, like you had said, not products of evolution, something separate for whatever reason, or they have, like, differentiated themselves where they could guide their own. Uh, yeah, yeah, genetic abilities. So, so maybe the timeline... Oh, actually, yeah, they could have done something to modify it, like, with the intent of that, uh, like, effective... Yeah, uh, immortality. Yeah, of of being able to. So so now we're going to get into a really weird section, which is I like to call the modern search for immortality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there there is just stop aging, Simon. Clearly, <laughs> there are some like really good. It's really good and also kind of weird science that goes on about how you don't die. I would say might be a good maybe this is what it is maybe they have mastered a way where they say the way you don't die is not like replacing your organs it's by Mm -hmm. you know you you maintain your consciousness right or maybe you not in your maybe you just your memories and then you transfer into a new body that's fully formed so that's why i'm saying they're not evolutionary Mm -hmm. creatures they're creatures that are created fully formed they they are like okay yeah. yeah so maybe that's what it is 
Maybe they're really just like collections of just tardigrades stacked on just, top of each yeah. other. It's it's the ultimate creation. Uh, <laughs> I have an idea. So so remember our Pokemon episode when we were trying uh, to do? Sure. Yeah. When we were trying. Oh, to do and Pokemon. they just turn into data. Oh uh, no no no! It was it was the idea that like Pokemon when they evolve just like liquefy and then reform as a new being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What if that's what happens, and that's why there's the blinding light in the television show because it's like a sensor for <laughs> because they can't let us see how terrifying that is. Yeah, like a human being liquefying themselves and then recombining into a new thing. All right. Yeah, I don't know if they've ever like had. No, I guess they would have had the camera on the doctor while oh, they they like zoom in on his face. Oh, just to make it that last bit terrifying. Oh, well, except for they censor it. The raw data, I'm sure, is horrifying from this very real television <laughs> show. Yes. We... I don't like to keep leaning on... Old tropes? It, they're just... They're censoring it. because I feel like that's too easy of an explanation. Maybe Time Lords are, like... We think of as, uh, like, androids as being mechanical. Mm-hmm. What if... Time Lords are creatures that are androids, as in they are half-human, half-made, not natural. That's a, yeah, you know what I'm saying? What if they're more that, like, it is they are the thought and the memories and the, the consciousness and the body is just a means to interact with the rest of people? Yeah, I like that. The body just straight doesn't matter for the Time Lord, but they do also like having companions that they can interact with. And they need, so you run into like a, a brain in a jar situation, which is like, what does yeah. the brain in the jar mm-hmm. feel? And the Time Lords have been like, well, we don't want to be brains in jars. We want to have bodies. We so, want to be brains in meat sacks. Yes. So really, they are just like cloud-based data that's held mm-hmm. through this like TARDIS network. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's why there's a common thread where the a doctor needs to be near the TARDIS to regenerate. Mm-hmm. So what? If, oh, okay. Is that a thing? I believe so. Sure. So what if, or maybe it's safer for them to regenerate inside of a TARDIS or something like that. But maybe that's where the TARDIS really comes in is that the TARDIS has created this, like, interconnected internet. Or, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to call it Wi-Fi, but, like... <laughs> it's it's like a it's like a, like a, a f- uh, field stabilizing the otherwise incorporeal thought, or, or or that or that it connects the servers back on Gallifrey that contain all of the persons. Gallifrey being the home planet of the Time Lords. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, that that holds <laughs> all the information that contains persons' personality and memories, and then. It, it uploads it into the new biologically created body. Okay, yeah. Or having it, like, connected to it is just, like, a failsafe. So if something goes wrong, then it can use, like, the backup copies. Yeah. That explains why they don't have to be in the TARDIS. Yeah. And the, the idea being that the bright light you see is the energy that's emitted from transferring so much information across Mm -hmm. what seems to be uh an impossible time really like like 
you're too right. far away, you're too far in time for this to really work. But because of the wormhole that's created to transfer information, that's where you get that kind of blast of of, of energy. Mm-hmm. And we could even say that blast of energy vaporizes the original human being, humanoid, and a new humanoid is built into its place using just the information that was there that it wants to use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Or there's just, like, tubes full of meat that, like, oh, uh, oh. are sent with the, <laughs> the like, thought data. Oh, not even, like, tubes full of meat, but, like, tubes full of subatomic particles. Like, mm-hmm. go, go down, it, like, building something up from the very smallest component. Because right. this is something that, this is a, a, a service system that's in my brain is is like the ideal quantum computing system so mm-hmm. it it doesn't even need that much space to just consume and just be able to process all everything but in fiction there are like technology centers on gallifrey so mm-hmm. if you have like a a planet-sized quantum computing system you have the ability to compute the interactions and the regenerations for an entire population mm-hmm. of humanoids. Yeah, well, they also essentially have, like, infinite time and space to do that. Yeah, and and maybe the reason why Time Lords have two hearts and things like that, which is something maybe we'll get into, is that it's all just ways of saving data. So they only ever need to create half of a Time Lord and then the other half is just a co- like like the same time. Yeah, energy, it's or, just a mirror. Yeah, the same information saving that goes on in like normal Earth genetics. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But to an even more extreme degree, where they're like, well, holdovers. From- we got halfway there. That's close, right? Well, it's. I, I'm thinking even more like holdovers when they're just Control C, Control V. <laughs> we got the rest of the guy. <laughs> I'm thinking of it more like holdovers from when their bandwidth was crap, and so they needed to have like really creative solutions. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. Well, we just got Time Lord solved. Now let's do other aliens. <laughs> let's do my favorite alien race from Doctor Who. Which are Is it that face lady? It's the bat face lady lady? Not the bat face. Is it that fa- like stretched face lady? No. That's weird and creepy. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that can't be the first that's like the second or third episode for the new series. Yeah, that's pretty early in the new series, yeah. and I feel like that's not actually a species that is just it's a it's a human uh, brain and a stretched face yeah <laughs> uh i was gonna do the centaurans uh i don't know if i'm familiar with them so at the, all the centaurans are a race of humanoid aliens that are genetically created into suits of armor okay and this way that they are their pure purpose is to take over other races the question and are these the cybermen or are they different from the cybermen they're different from the cybermen because they sound kind of very similar well or did they just run out of ideas ran out of ideas okay (laughs) so the centaurans are are more like biologic versions of centaur of the of the cybermen okay the question i have is 
why would if you were creating the ideal soldier mm-hmm. why would you make why them would look they like, be made out of meat yeah at all? yeah why would they be made out of meat at all there are and also why would they look like what well they look like potatoes but <laughs> <laughs> like okay <laughs> yeah they look like potatoes you gotta look up what a centaur looks like. That's all I want to answer. Why would this be your your choice? In what world is your ideal sol- ideal soldier? Oh yes, they do look like potatoes. They do look like potatoes. These guys look dumb. Yeah, right. And you think like the worst thing. Like if I were to create a, a race of alien, if I had the world's canvas, and I'd create a race of aliens, you know what I would create? Uh, anything but a potato. Yeah, I would pretty much create droidicas. Like, big old spheres. Maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. not so slow on the walking front. That was not a good design choice. <laughs> you want rounded features. You want... Oh, this guy's got rounded features. Uh, maybe two rounded features, but not his body. It's only <laughs> his head. It was like someone <laughs> took half of the Stormtrooper design and was like, yeah, let's just do this. This seems like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is something i do like about their creation which is that they mm-hmm. only have a single weak spot on their armor which is the like ventilation port on the back of their neck that means that they can okay. they can never turn their back on an enemy unless they are want they want to die so they have to always be facing their enemy in combat yeah if it's otherwise impenetrable armor then go for it you haven't asked my answer my question why would you make this? I have lost track of your question. Why would they make this? Do you think that someone's just really bad at designing creatures? Or or is there a, a deeper meaning? Uh, well, they were created, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Or they are like genetically modified by themselves, but yes. Okay, so they were made to look that way, so no one accept them as their leaders, so they would just take over for whoever created them. Wait, are you saying that, that that they created a creature so ugly that that no one would accept them as their as their leadership? Yes, that is genius. That is genius because then you also keep down rebellion because you're like these guys. I mean, no one's gonna re- rebel because they literally are so ugly and uncharismatic. They cannot hold a civilization together. Right. Sweet. I like it. I like it a lot. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I just wanted to bring more. I just wanted to bring the Centaurans into this because I really like them as a creature, <laughs> as a potato. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> I think the guy who was coming up with that one day was like, "I know, I know, I got an idea, guys." <laughs> uh so since you mentioned them, the Cybermen. Now, anyone who doesn't know this, the Cybermen are a race of cybernetic men. They... <laughs> Very clear explanation. Just slightly reorder the words. They're, they're humanoid. They're robots, really. But they contain... Essential, actually, here is actually an explanation for them. They possibly contain organic brains as their computational devices. So It's not even possibly, like... I think there was an episode where they processed humans into Cybermen, isn't there? But maybe that's why they have to process humans into Cybermen. Is that there's not a processor that they are aware of that can handle 
it's like a shortcut to artificial intelligence is why not just steal real intelligence right yeah that makes sense to me oh okay well then that was easy (laughs) (laughs) well i mean why develop artificial intelligence when you can just take it that's that's true okay so like it's a very pragmatic approach next thing we got are the daleks is that how you say it daleks Daleks? Daleks, yes. The the little trash can fellows with plungers on them. Yeah, they also have, like, magnetic fields that deflect bullets and stuff like that. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Go on. uh, Yeah, I'm thinking. (laughs) Because I want to, like... I'm not thinking because I I don't know. I want to choose my words wisely. I believe that's probably the smartest thing we've done this whole episode. I believe the Daleks have like a magnetic shield, and it's called a magnetic shield that okay, that repels that like laser, not lasers, uh, like bu- bullets, metal bullets. Mm-hmm. Why would people not just use non-magnetic bullets? Like aluminum is a non-magnetic metal. You could just make a bullet out of aluminum, or like gold, or silver, or platinum. All those things cost. Or just platinum. anything non-ferrous. Yeah. Um. Lithium. They'd be crazy bullet. Because people hadn't thought of it. Um, <laughs> people didn't have the time to create the infrastructure to make non-ferrous bullets because Daleks just kind of, like, blitzkrieg their way onto planets. I don't know. So what you're saying is that it's more of, like, an economics issue of, like, we know the Daleks exist, we know they have these shields, but is it really worth it? Oh my gosh, yes it is. Is it really (laughs) worth it to invent a bullet that can kill a Dalek? And the well, answer it's is less that more like we don't know Daleks exist. Oh look, things we can't shoot. But but humans know. Like there's a whole section of humanity that knows the Daleks exist. However, that section of humanity keeps on being protected by the doctor. So maybe the doctor has totally messed up this market <laughs> because he provides free assistance for killing Daleks. And the humans are like, well, we're yeah, not going to like advance actually. our technology in any way because it's too much Yeah, we money. don't need to work it out because we know the Doctor will catch wind of this sooner or later and come save everyone. We have literally free... We have a free army in one man. Right. Yeah, so, actually, I'm kind of into that explanation. <laughs> <laughs> the Doctor is stagnating human ingenuity. Well, I mean, when you have someone that just provides for you, then of course that Except would stagnate there's no incentive. ingenuity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so we we do have the angels. What are they actually called? Right. Weeping. Maybe they're just the weeping angels. The yeah. weeping angels. That's what they are. So the weeping angels are. Oh, uh, they've had. Wow, that is a that is like a couple of seconds of really <laughs> audio. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead, give it another <laughs> shot. I believe in you. Maybe this time it'll be a keeper. The Weeping Angels are a race of alien that exists in a quantum state where if you are observing them, their waveform collapses into a stone structure. But when you're not observing them, they are free to move about and kill. And they feast off of time energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that also made no sense to me. They eat time energy by sending you back in time. And then consuming what time you would have had left? Was that it? 
So here's what I'm thinking of. We've already figured that the movement through time takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're like a group of... of well, well, let's assume that the Time Lords and the time-traveling races have existed for long enough. So the Weeping Angels are like a parasite that evolved alongside mm-hmm. the Time Lords to mm-hmm. steal the energy that comes off of their time-traveling. So once they grow to a point where they can exist as their own species, they can exist away from the Time Lords, it's because they have stolen or created technology that can feed them by sending people mm-hmm. back in time repeatedly. You know, I'm thinking, actually, instead of, um, like, subsisting on time or whatever, because that doesn't make sense, they're just, like, giant capacitors that build and store energy, and they have to, like, spend that energy on something, you know, super energy-hungry, uh, uh or uh, they would overload and oh. die or something. Oh, so you see it as uh, like respiration. Like they're getting rid of their CO2. Yes. Right. Which to them is this like this just high capacitance energy. And the only thing that really has the energy to really deplete that. Like to drain it. Yeah, to deplete that is to send people back in time. Okay. I think, yeah, I like that idea. It's pretty cool. I don't know how you would have created... I still like my parasite theory. I like thinking of the Weeping Angels mm. as, like, human... What's the... What's the... Like, uh, Tardigrade. No. the What's the bug that uh, lives in people's close. hair? Lice? Yes. Like, lice versus genital crabs. Okay. Genital crabs is an older form of lice. Lice only developed with humans... Because mm-hmm. we grew lighter hair on our heads, while crabs resemble things that are on, like, gorillas and the other primates. So I'm thinking, like, take that form of evolution, where mm-hmm. as as a new thing is developed in a species, these are the, like, the primo efficiency animals, these, these mm-hmm. weeping angels. So they can just... There's a guy on a bike outside. Yeah, was there like a race car <laughs> yeah. in your living room there for a minute? Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so there's a guy with a... A guy? That doesn't make any sense. There's a weeping angels or creatures <laughs> that... Right. Uh, are so energy efficient that they mm-hmm. end up storing too much energy. So like they would get fat is the way to kind of think of it in human terms. They okay, get unhealthily... Yeah they get unhealthy stores of energy they have to release it that's what you're thinking of yes yes essentially maybe we'll do a second doctor who episode because i we have not made it all the way through this however yeah like i know we haven't even scratched the surface and i haven't really watched that much doctor who (laughs) yeah so added to the list of things we have to go back to someday we'll go back to this if you (laughs) if we get enough listeners that we can actually have a season two to this podcast we will do a second Doctor Who episode. Anyway, the thing I want to explain are sonic screwdrivers. Mm-hmm. What are they? Yes, sonic screwdrivers, the panacea to everything that needs to be done in the Doctor Who universe. Yes. If you are a screwdriver, everything is a screw. Which Yes. Yeah. First of all, 
how does a sonic screwdriver like because it's a screwdriver it actually is supposed <laughs> to work as a screwdriver <laughs> uh, how would a sonic screwdriver work are we saying that they have a different type of screw in the future they have a sonic screw yeah in the future yeah they might though wait 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 oh my god is there a sonic screw that is extant today is that what you just realized no is there <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Uh, no. You're the engineer. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it this way. You think about like soldering or or mm-hmm. uh, plastic molding that's done with high frequency vibrations. Mm-hmm. Right? So right. imagine a screw that doesn't need to be turned, but instead it's slightly larger than you the just hole. Rivet it to the hole. Uh, not rivet it, you you essentially are melting it, but you're vibrating it mm-hmm. at a specific frequency that causes it to liquefy really what's happening is is that you're just creating the perfect opportunity for the atoms of the screw and the atoms of whatever it's going into Mm -hmm. to line up so that they can slide together right and so that once you turn it off you have an unbreakable not unbreakable but you have essentially a solder or a a weld point Mm -hmm. and he uh like the doctor and other time lords can use that for every other technology as well somehow how would that happen how would that work because so here's what it is to do that Mm -hmm. the screwdriver has to understand the material the fluid it's within Mm -hmm. the distance to the material so it has to compute an enormous amount of data so these are like very small supercomputers Mm-hmm. So all all the screwdriver actually is when it gets used on all this stuff is, it's is literally a screwdriver. Well, it's literally a screwdriver that has been like jailbroken to work on every yeah. type of technology because all it needs is just a way of communicating with the technology, and then it do- and then it can't. Mm-hmm. So think like it, it, it's literally like smart home technology. It's it's you have taken your phone which is something that is only really meant to make calls. And you can now like change right. your thermostat. You can, if you have an Arduino board, you can literally make anything in your home happen with your phone. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That Sonic screwdriver is. Yeah. I'm actually really okay with that where it is just literally a very specific tool, except he, the doctor uses it for yeah. basically everything else because they can make it work one way or another it's it's yeah you've you've essentially just jailbroken a screw up a smart screwdriver right so like you've taken your smart fridge and you've made it your phone (laughs) and now it plays doom and now it plays exactly (laughs) you've taken your smart fridge and now it plays doom (laughs) i hope that someone has done that i know someone has and i and i want them to the person is I'm pretty sure they have. I have recently read an article about someone running Doom on a McDonald's point of sale computer. That's pretty impressive, actually. Right. <laughs> cool. So I think we're done. We'll do the a second, a part two to this episode. Maybe next week. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll play it by ear. Yeah, we'll see play how it by we ear. feel. We'll see how much we really want to think about this. It's a lot of stuff. There's so much. There's so much. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you to uh, Joe Sopcich for our theme music. Thank you. 
and feel free to visit us at pedantichandwavium.com or pedantichw.com. Those are the letters in Handwavium. I remember it eventually. Give us show suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can subscribe to us on basically any podcasting service. Yep. Leave reviews on Apple iTunes and... Uh, uh, we're also on Twitter. Keep listening. Oh, that's right. Yeah, us. we made a Twitter ages ago, and then I forgot about it, and now Simon is in charge of it. Yep. <laughs> I, that's exactly what it is. So you can follow us on Twitter. That'd be awesome. That that helps people like like show up people to us through Twitter. That's a pretty good way to do it. You can also I uploaded recently all of the YouTube videos episodes. If you don't like podcasting for some reason, which I don't know why you're listening to this, but we do exist on YouTube and we will <laughs> continue to exist on YouTube until Google shuts down and all of our videos go down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when uh, server maintenance fees get too expensive for us, we'll still be on YouTube. Yes, that's that is exactly what I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> uh, is there anything else we have to do? Um, okay, we... I, I would like you to I say, that's it. I would like, because I've already done this, and I like making right. you do things. Uh, I, okay, I would... oh, am I, do I have to do a sign-off in a bad Cockney accent? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Exactly, that's exactly what I want you to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, not a bad, do your best Cockney. I want you to do... really... <laughs> oh, okay, so not an over-the-top bad yeah. one. Yeah. Which was going to be my excuse as to why it was over the top and bad. It's because that's what I thought you wanted. Nope. Nope. I want you to give me your best. I, I want to be able to make fun of you because you tried. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than copped out all the other times? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I listened to that right, what's Cockney? You, you definitely copped out on that last Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I had no intention of participating. Hello, Govna is the easiest one to do. Uh, yeah, I don't want to lean on Governor, but My I think I'm going to. My hands are all sweaty. Oh. <laughs> what, what do I want? All right, Govs, we'll see you next time. Cheerio, mate. <laughs>